Hello and welcome to Punk Goes Pod, the internet's only podcast that chronicles Fearless Records' Punk Goes Ellipses series to answer the age-old question, hell yeah or yeah nah? Or, as we came up with last week, uh, what was it? Uh, oh, no, hell nah. That's right, hell nah. Hell yeah, yeah nah, <laughs> hell nah. That's true. <laughs> Always breaking new ground with this podcast. Speaking of breaking new ground, we're recording in a new location. Uh, well, we've recorded in the living room before. We're actually on the our couch and recliner. Mm. Uh, this is probably going to end badly. Um, but yeah. the, the study was baking in the sun. Yep, it's September and we're already at that point. Yep. Hooray for global warming. Mm. So, yeah, there's going to be probably lots of sounds of adjusting. Mm-hmm. And a microphone might fall over. Hey, this is a uh, this is a, you know new process for us as well. So that's the sound of DIY podcasting, though. Yeah. <laughs> so yep, it, it's punk basically is what I'm trying to say. We are the Joe Rogan experience. We don't have a studio that we can record in. And we're also not a dickhead like Joe Rogan. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to come to his defense. So yeah, he he said bad things about professional wrestling before. So. I don't think he is a great person from what I've heard. I don't know. Or at least he gives people platforms that really don't need platforms. I think that's his thing is he... He's like, I'll interview everyone. Yeah. I know that he... When he was still running, um, Joe Rogan said he was a big Bernie supporter. Which, okay. you know... Yeah. You get my support for that. He interviewed Bernie on his podcast. Mm. Um, yeah, there are other people though. <laughs> it's like... It's 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 one thing to have, to be like yeah give everyone a voice but it's like yeah but if you're also giving like really questionable people a, a platform to then preach to susceptible people yeah you know um you know but it's, speaking of like subscribe to this podcast yeah. on all platforms yes iTunes Spotify SoundCloud buy our merch we don't have any but buy it just in that sense just give us money yeah look if. If you have a spare fiver that you're not using, then... It's for our son's college fund. Yes. Yes. What are we doing this week? This week we are looking at the song Billie Jean by Michael Jackson, as covered by Breathe Carolina for Punk Goes Pop Volume 5. Well, he, he. Sam, you do a lot of shuffling in this podcast. <laughs> it's it's. I can kind of hide it when we're at the desk. Yeah, that's true. But I can't when I'm on a leather, a leather chair, a leather sofa. Leather, no. isn't it? Or vinyl? Oh, it's yeah, pleather. It it's, it's it's a noisy material, is what it is. Yeah, noisy and hot and sticky in summer. Yep. Basically, the best kind of sofa you could possibly. Have. <laughs> I was really hoping that I could like position myself so I was just lying on my back on our couch. And sort of talk upwards into the microphone and basically just record from a horizontal position. So I'm sort of like semi-horizontal. I've got the recliner bit pulled out and I'm just sort of lying on my side. So this is very relaxing. I don't know if my voice is coming across super professionally, but this is good. It's a, it's a Sunday afternoon this slash early true. evening We're sort of in that recording. golden hour period. Like it's nice and golden outside. Yeah, it's it's a relaxed episode. Yeah. Uh, which I'm fine with. Um, you know, I need to do something other than play Tony Hawk, because I played too much of it this weekend. Exactly too much. 
Yeah, I, I concur with that assessment. Yeah. I, I broke my first uh, milli, though. Okay. Million points. Uh, points or dollars? Points. Oh. Don't you get money for it? Yeah. Not like literal money. Yeah, but like, if I do a... If I do a kickflip in the game, I make I earn points, not money. So then how are you earning money? Why is there a money count? I only just dipped my toe into the world of Tony Hawk this weekend because I was a deprived child who didn't own a PlayStation. What was the question again? How do you... Why do you earn money and how? So that you can buy stuff from the shop. Yeah, but how do you earn it in Tony Hawk? So you do it but You earn... You mostly earn it by doing challenges. So right. like... So each of the skaters have their own set of challenges, which I've been going through because each challenge, each skater also, when you get all of their stat points, I think you unlock their video. Right. So you watch them skate. Um, Couldn't you just go on YouTube and look them up and watch it? That's not as fun. <laughs> Come on. That was, that's, that's, one, that's like a throwback to the old games. Yeah. Like, it, gotcha. you know, you'd, you'd, you know, you'd finish the game with them and you'd get their video. Yeah. I can't remember who you, you played as. I think if you got all gold medals in the competitions, you got their video. If you didn't, you then got the Bales video, which had, you know, people falling over and stuff. Right. And I think in the um in the very first one, they didn't have a a cinema mode, so you couldn't just go and select the person's video once you'd unlocked it. You had to finish the game as them to watch it. I I think I could be wrong. It's been over 20 years since I played the original. <laughs> so it would be like, if someone had a particularly good video, you wanted to watch it, you you plunk down an hour and finish the game with them. I, I really just don't have that video game mindset. Like I can't think of anything worse than, Oh, you want to watch this? And how long are the videos? maybe, like, 45 seconds. Yeah, like, oh, you want to watch this video? Too bad. You have to play this entire game first. Think about this, though. It was the it was the Sony PlayStation, the very first. The Sony PlayStation. The Sony PlayStation. <laughs> and, you know, this wasn't, like, FMV. This was, like, the video quality was... Like, it was real video. Yeah. And it, it was kind of mind-blowing as a 10-year-old to That's see that. That's true. I don't know, I've just never had that stickability with video games unless it's Bubsy or Kirby. See, Tony Hawk is my Bubsy. That's true. Um, Except I enjoy Tony Hawk and I don't rag on you about how much you enjoy Tony Hawk. I mean, <laughs> but like, I, I, I'm I fair when it's fair. Like, Kirby's a legitimately good game and I don't... As is Bubsy. <laughs> The jury's out on that one. If if there's any listeners out there, tell us. Is Bubsy a good game? Because in my opinion, it's just trash. But what was your question about Tony Hawk again? How do you earn money? Oh, yeah. So challenges. Yes. And also if you do a run. I, it's always really low money though. Like when you, finish a, when you finish a run, so you start the level and, you know, run out the clock. Essentially, it's always like two, five bucks. Okay. It's always low. So, like, yeah, it's challenges get you, net you the most money. Um, I managed to, without the help of Boss, our cat, I managed to finish it, finish off the challenges with my creator skater, which then unlocks the character Officer Dick, who is 100%, not, con- not 100% confirmed, but it's definitely Jack Black. Mm. They've used Jack Black's image. Yeah. Yeah. 
Which would check out because he's mates with Tony. Tony. Yeah, yeah, they did the video together um, where he was like skating with them and, and stuff. It's like, cool. Yeah. Why not? Anyway. This isn't a skate cast. No. That's good. <laughs> because mm. I can only talk about Tony Hawk. I can't talk about real skating. So I feel like I've already run out of steam with Billy Begun. Alright, so shall we discuss a little bit about the man himself, Michael Jackson? As I'm sure you all know, Michael Jackson was an American singer, songwriter and dancer. Uh, he was born in 1958 from Gary, Indiana, and he got his start in 1964 as the youngest member of the Jackson Five, alongside his brothers Jackie, Tito, Jermaine and Marlon. So I believe he was one of ten Jackson kids, and... Those that pursued a musical career were all managed by their dad. I would be shocked if none of them had some form of... If if there was, you know, some that didn't have a form of musical career. Because it's yeah. like, he, Joe Jackson was definitely pulling the strings along the like, you will all be entertainers. Mm. You will all make me money. Yeah. So Michael then began his solo career in 1971. Uh, but it wasn't until the release no oh, excuse me it wasn't until the release of his fifth studio album off the wall in 1979 during the peak of the disco era that his solo career really took off so that's interesting because i didn't realize that he got his sort of solo start at the age of 13 yeah yeah it never really occurred to me no um then of course his follow-up album thriller so his sixth studio album and the one that will be talking about the most today i guess um mm -hmm. it won a record-breaking eight grammy awards including album of the year uh thriller is also the best-selling album of all time having sold some 66 million copies worldwide to date just a couple yeah you know yeah. just a few uh and the music videos from the thriller era including the video for billy jean which i think we'll be talking about won't we yeah yep cool um not the song, the video. <laughs> We're talking about Billy... Yeah, anyway. We're only talking about the video in this one. We're not yeah. talking about the song at all. Like, we just watched it on mute. Oh, man. So, yeah, the music videos from this era, uh, and to quote Wikipedia, they're credited with breaking racial barriers and transforming the medium into an art form and promotional tool. Uh, so, you might have heard Michael being referred to as the king of pop. Uh, so he was, and still is, I guess, one of the most significant cultural figures of the 20th century. Uh, although, of course, not all of the hype was positive. Uh, so according, again, to Wikipedia, you can tell where I do all my research. Oh, same. Starting in the late 1980s, Jackson became a figure of controversy and speculation due to his changing appearance, relationships, behaviour, and lifestyle. So even just sort of without having to read the entire article, like, I immediately thought of, like, yeah, plastic surgery and, like, the Le Neverland Ranch and Bubbles the Chimp and, yeah, like, his skin condition, like, he had vitilig vitiligo. I'm not sure if that's how you pronounce it, but, um... Yeah. And, yeah, just, like, a lot of weird... Well, not weird, but just sinister, like, racial undertones to all of that as well. I think this mostly all began with the... I think it was a, a filming for a Pepsi ad where he caught on fire. Yeah, his hair caught on fire. I, I think it was basically at that stage, like, 
after that, like after the recovery, was things like you know the plastic surgery. Mm-hmm. Although I think he'd had some nose work done because he because I remember like seeing like a documentary or something. I think he broke his nose at some point. He didn't like that he had a wide set nose. Yeah, I was reading. Apparently, his dad used to rag on him for it as well. Yeah, yeah, which is fucking crap. But um, but yeah, like the the fire incident or the fireworks incident, which you know he then you know his hair caught on fire. I think it was. Basically, I'm not saying that was the thing that, that caused it all, but that's sort of like the starting point for, yeah, like Bubbles and Neverland Ranch. And people going, oh, he's a little bit different. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Um, so in 2009, uh, Michael Jackson died from an overdose of propofol that was administered by his personal physician, Conrad Murray. Uh, his death was later ruled as a homicide, and Murray was convicted of involuntary manslaughter two years later in 2011. Uh, Jackson had been preparing for This Is It, a series of comeback concerts before he died. Uh, today, Jackson remains the most awarded artist in the history of popular music, and is the best-selling artist of all time, having sold over 350 million records worldwide. And again, to quote Wikipedia, and this is a bit of a long one, so bear with me, <clears throat> Bad was the first album to produce five Billboard Hot 100 number one singles. Jackson had 13 Billboard Hot 100 number one singles, more than any other male artist in the Hot 100 era, and was also the first artist to have a top 10 single in the Billboard Hot 100 in five different decades. He received 13 Grammy Awards, the Grammy Legend and Grammy Lifetime Achievement Awards, six Brit Awards, a Golden Globe Award, and 39 Guinness World Records including the most successful entertainer of all time. Jackson's inductions include the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame twice, the Vocal Group Hall of Fame, the Songwriters Hall of Fame, the Dance Hall of Fame, and in brackets, the only recording artist to be inducted, and the Rhythm and Blues Music Hall of Fame. In 2016, his estate earned $825 million, the highest yearly amount for a celebrity ever recorded by Forbes. I'm trying to think off the top of my head what the... um what the singles were from Bad. So it was Bad, <laughs> uh, obviously. The Way You Make Me Feel. Uh, let me have Speed a look. Demon, I think. I do not know that song by... Um, oh, was Dirty Diana one of them, I think? I think so. Hang on. Let me have a look. Da, 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 da. That shows you I listened to... I listened to Bad and Thriller a lot when I was younger. Yeah. Did your parents listen to them or did you just... I think... Later on in life, like basically when, you know, I think it was mostly like when, the, you know, the This Is It. Because I remember it came out to like the, the cinemas and everything. Mm. They released it. That's right. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think mum was like, oh yeah, Michael Jackson is a really good musician. Yeah. Yeah. I think one of my sister's childhood friends was like super into Michael Jackson or at least her family was and I think I might have joined them on like a couple of like excursions somewhere and yeah like I don't think our house was a huge Michael Jackson house but Mm. he was as big as he was in every household I guess at the time yeah I I I definitely you know out of everyone in the house I was the Michael Jackson fan yeah I like to think of it as you're a Michael Jackson fan when you're a kid and then you grow up a bit and you become a Prince fan. That's true. Did Prince ever get dubbed like... So you've got like King of Pop, Michael Jackson, 
Queen of Pop, Madonna, King of Rock and Roll or whatever, the King Elvis. Was Prince ever anything like the X of Y? Well, I mean, he was the artist formerly known as, but That's that was true, that yeah. was a moniker that he, like, I think didn't he? That was his name at one point. The artist uh, yeah. formerly known as Prince <laughs> didn't even change his name to Symbol. That's and right. And then, I mean, his name is already Prince. That's true. It's kind of hard to be like, oh, you're the the thing of thing when you're already your name is royalty. This is true. Yeah. Uh, little little fact which I got from. Uh, it's either the Thriller 25th Anniversary CD or the um, Bad 25th Anniversary CD. They speak to uh, record producer Quincy Jones and, and father of Rashida Jones, mm-hmm. uh, actress. Um, and Prince was supposed to be in Bad. Ah. Um, and the opening line, and this was this was according to, to Quincy Jones, because mm-hmm. uh, he has like... It's like three or four tracks, which is just him like doing like basically commentary. Like, oh yeah, I remember when we were yeah. in the studio and blah, yeah. blah, blah. And the opening line to Bad is, your butt is mine. Ah. And Prince is like, Pr- Prince was pretty much on board, but then he's like, the opening line though, like, who says your butt is mine, Michael? And Michael Jackson's like, well, I'm, well I- I'm saying it, like I'm coming into the song. Like he's like, my butt is nobody's, Michael. And like pulled out of it, apparently. <laughs> What a legend. Yeah. This butt belongs to me and me only. So just to circle back, so the singles from Bad were I Just Can't Stop Loving You, Bad, The Way You Make Me Feel, Man in the Mirror, Dirty Diana, Another Part of Me, Smooth Criminal, Leave Me Alone. <gasps> Smooth Criminal. And Liberian Girl. And Leave Me Alone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was kind of on I was kind of on it. Yeah. But um Yeah, so yeah, that was and is Michael Jackson. Although, of course, there are the shit bits. And just a trigger warning, we are about to talk about would... child molestation, sexual abuse, that kind of thing. Yeah. So we will not be upset if you want to turn this off. Yeah, absolutely. We we love you and we want the best for you. So if it's something that's that's going to upset you, feel free to turn it off. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if you are someone who's, you know, kept up with sort of any pop culture in the last 30 years, like any, like even the mildest form, you would know, you would, you would have heard the allegations of, you know, Michael Jackson's alleged abuse towards uh, minors. Yeah. Children. Children. Um, young boys. Um, I'm stuttering a lot because you can tell this is unpleasant to talk about. <laughs> yeah. Well, we don't have to go into, like, super detail. It's... So, basically, like, it happened... It started in 1993. There was also a court trial in um, in 2005, which he was acquitted for. Mm-hmm. Um, it's come back around again, though, with the 2019 docuseries Leaving Neverland. Yeah. Uh, which focuses on... Um, on the two the two leads, James Safechuck and Wade Robson, who, um, yeah, both of them detail their time, you know, with Michael Jackson and the abuse that they they felt at his hands. Um, yeah, I I watched it last year. Mm. I'm just gonna say if you have any, like if if you want to like check it out. Mm. 
I yeah. do not want to. That is perfectly fine. Yeah. It's it's rough. Um, yeah, I don't really, you know, as I said, I'm sort of trying to get through it as quickly as possible because it's, yeah, it's a really tough subject. And it's mm. it's one of those things like, in this sort of instance, you know, separating the artist from the art. Yeah. It's, this is definitely like the, well, not textbook example, but like this is the example that everyone comes up with when we talk about that concept of separating the art from the artist. Yeah. How do you move forward in appreciating an artist's span of work and their artistry, hence why they're an artist, um, when, yeah, they have been accused of some really fucking Just, awful things. Yeah, um, horrible things. Yeah, it's... Because, yeah, like, even, well, I guess objectively to a point speaking, like, Michael Jackson was a phenomenal musician, mm -hmm. singer, songwriter, dancer, whatever, like, but, yeah, on the other side of the coin, he also hurt a lot of people. You could, and it's, it's, it's hard because you could also say he's possibly the most influential mm. musician of all time. Like, think of all the people that he, that he's inspired. Yeah. Um, yeah, and it's hard when, you know, someone that you look up to is capable of doing horrible things. Yeah. And just because just cause they, you know, are a phenomenal performer doesn't mean that there's something sort of evil within them. Yeah. Um, but just remember that this is all, you know, as we said, he was acquitted in 2005. He's not alive to, you know, face any charges or to defend himself at this stage. So it's all still accusations, allegations. Mm. Um. I, I do have here that Wade Robson, one of the accusers and focal points of Leaving Neverland, uh, he's an Australian choreographer. Yeah. Um, he got his he got his start in choreography at the age of 14, working for the R&B group Immature. And he also has worked with the likes of Britney Spears. Mm -hmm. I feel like we've definitely talked about him before, especially with regards to Britney, but like... I think in the Slave... Not Slave for You. Um, Till the World Ends, mm, when, yeah. we, when we had Richard on. I believe we very briefly mentioned him. Um, but yeah, so he, during the late 90s, he choreographed Britney's Pepsi advertisements. Excellent. And he uh, also choreographed the I'm a Slave for You film clip. Mm -hmm. And yeah, you watch... Like, they show a lot of that in... In Leaving Neverland, and it's like he started when he was a little kid dancing, and he's crazy. he is like he's fantastic. He's a fantastic yeah. dancer, and you can see like he has this real he has this real way of you know teaching people how to dance and showing people routines mm. and all this sort of stuff. It's yeah. I wish I could do that. I love dancing. I wish I could be like that good. <laughs> how good would it be having a job like that's your job? Yeah, that would be as well. so sick. Like, that's your job, and so like he's done it. Like he's. He's worked with NSYNC, and he's he was a judge on one of the seasons of So You Think You Can Dance. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, like, the, the Wikipedia page didn't tell too much about what he's up to now. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, definitely, uh, I don't think we do I'm a Slave for You, do we? No, we don't. That is a great song, though. The film clip's kind of filthy, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. It's all, like... Sweaty and yeah, sweltering yeah. hot room somewhere, and they're all just grinding. 
It is a time. Mm. Anyway. Anyway. So, yeah, it's... He... A controversial figure. Um, but, yeah, responsible for some pretty incredible just moments in pop culture, I guess, mm. and in music. And, yeah, like, we still... Like, we've, we've discussed it. That'll be the last of it. But we still have, you know, a song to talk about. And it's it's not just, you know, it's not a small acoustic song. This is, you know, you talk about, like, classic 80s anthems. This would be one of them. Mm. This is, you know, one of the decade-defining songs for the 80s. Like, yeah. it's huge. You know, speaking of... It was the second single off the 1982 album Thriller, mm-hmm. which was written by Michael Jackson and produced by uh, previously mentioned Quincy Jones. Yes. I feel like you shoehorned in the fact that he is Rashida Jones's dad. Yeah, I mean, he is Rash- <laughs> he's Rashida Jones's dad. This is true. She's a, she's a very famous actress. Is she very famous? She's famous. Yeah. We'll say that. Anyway. She was... I like her. I like Rashida Jones. Has she starred in any movies? She's she's always been like the girlfriend, yeah, or the wife. I don't know. I don't think she's ever like she. So like, she played Karen in the Office, then left the Office in season three of the Office, and then I think Parks and Rec was supposed to be a project. Oh, that's right. Focused around her, but then Amy Poehler was the funny one in that, so it was like, okay, well, you know. Leslie is the character that we mm. focus on that. And then... Yeah. I, I guess, like, I don't see... Again, this isn't a Rashida Jones podcast, so I'm going to give this a maximum of, like, another minute and then we have to stop. Mm-hmm. But, like, I don't see, like, Amy Poehler and, like, slash Leslie Nope being the star of Parks and Rec doesn't negate Rashida slash... No. Anyway. I will just finish it off by saying she is very funny in Black AF. Black okay. AF is very is very funny. Check it out. Nice. On Netflix. That is enough about the Jones family. <laughs> um, so I, I wrote down, this was like a memory of mine in GTA Vice City, the first vehicle you get into. Vehicle. The vehicle. Yeah. Um, the first song that's playing is Billie Jean. Like it's just... It's just scripted. It's the first... Well, if you're following along the, like, the story beats, the first thing you get on is a scooter, mm. and it's playing Billie Jean. Okay. Every time. I'm pretty sure. Sick. I just feel like that's, yeah, sort of like a, a big, sort of like a huge song to kind of go, oh, this is this is the, the, the setting of this game. Set in the 80s. Yeah. Whatever. Um, so Michael Jackson would say that Billie Jean was based on groupies that he and his brothers encountered when performing as the Jackson Five. Weren't they just children? They were children, that's and and, weird. and and knowing that he got his solo career started at thirteen, that's that's really creepy. Yeah. So the song, as you've you know, you stated like his he just his songs. You know, we're gargantuan. This one reached number one in Australia, Belgium, Canada, France, Ireland, Italy, Spain, Switzerland, the UK, the US. <laughs> I don't know why I thought this was funny, but only number three in Zimbabwe. He's not good enough for Zimbabwe. <laughs> they just, they're never satisfied. No. Anyway. So the film clip as well is another one of those, you know, very... 
quintessential. Is that the one where he walks on the floor and it's all lit up? It is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it was the, the, the film clip brought the new and relatively unknown known music video channel MTV to mainstream attention. It wasn't the first video on MTV, was it? No, the first video was... Was that Video Killed the Radio Star? I think it was Video Killed the Radio Star, but it was it was one of those videos that, that made people, yeah. you know, take focus of MTV. Yeah. Yeah. That's... Sorry, this is not at all interesting, but I was looking up an article. These were the first ten videos played on MTV. Ooh, can you, can you go through them? I can. Oh, for fuck's sake. It's one of these ones. Oh, click it, through the slideshow. It's just like... Oh, no. Fuck no, that. it's all right. So, number one was Video Killed the Radio Star by Buggles. Number two was You Better Run by Pat Benatar. Number three was She Won't Dance With Me by Rod Stewart. Number four was You Better You Bet by The Who. Number five was Little Susie's On Top by PhD. Number six was We Don't Talk Anymore by Cliff Richard. Number seven was Brass in Pocket by The Pretenders. Number eight, Time Heals by Todd Rundgren. Number nine, Take It on the Run by REO Speedwagon. And number ten was Sticks Rock in the Paradise. Besides Video Kill the Radio Star, because I knew it, that I would not have guessed any of those other ones. Even like 11 through 20. There's History Never Repeats by Split Ends. Couldn't tell you how that song goes, but I know who Split Ends are. Or your Kiwi. Exactly. Uh, Iron Maiden by Iron Maiden was number 16. Okay. Sailing by Rod Stewart was number 15. <laughs> but like, what a crap lineup. It's kind of anyway. easy to see that it that it maybe needed a song like Billie Jean to get it some mainstream <laughs> that, Yeah, attention. that's true. <laughs> I take back everything I said about but wasn't the first... Yeah. Anyway. So the clip was directed by Steve Barron, who directed Aha's Take On Me, Toto's oh. Africa, and Rosanna. I don't know why I said it like that. He also did Sheena Easton's For Your Eyes Only. So that was a James Bond film. So Every time I see that, I just think of Arrested Development for British Eyes Only. <laughs> for British Eyes Only! Anyway. Um, which I think... I don't know if there was a film clip so much for that, but like... For the For Your Eyes Only opening bit is her looking down the barrel of the camera, singing at you. Right. Which was the... I think she's the only artist to, you know, feature... Like, to also be in the opening right. part to a Bond film. Okay. Good on you, Sheena. Was that considered, like, breaking the fourth wall? Or not really? Because doesn't James Bond look down the... James Bond shoots the camera. Yeah. Um, That's not very nice. I guess, Britain. Anyway. Yeah. That's all right. I'm talking a lot for no reason. I, and unfortunately, this isn't a James Bond cast. Yes. Um, so he also directed the first live action Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie. Sick. And, and the Coneheads film. I've never watched the Coneheads film and it just looks upsetting. Yeah, there's some pretty upsetting special effects, like 1994 special effects. Upsetting because they're crap, or just upsetting because they're creepy? Well, both. Mm. They're well, they're crap and creepy. Well, I was going to say crappy, but that doesn't work. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's one of those ones that doesn't work. So I'm going to be like, no, you mean creepy? That's the same. Yeah. Anyway, um, crappy. Crap, crappy. It's yeah, like it, as I was saying, like the the film clip as well is one of those, you know. It's one of those, like, quintessential 80s film clips. So, I'm embarrassed to admit that, aside from the walking on the thing, 
that's all I remember of it. So he's he's like very sort of casually getting away from a paparazzi. As you do. And and it's sort of like you look at it now and it's a little bit creepy. Like at the end, he goes up a fire escape <laughs> and basically breaks into a person's apartment, gets into bed with them, but the the sheets the sheets like sort of melt or like they 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 dissolve and he's he's not in the bed anymore and so like the paparazzi takes a photo of just this random person in the bed and they get arrested oh which when you go through the lyrical content of the song it doesn't quite match the film clip yeah um yeah it just sort of it's i mean it's just you know the light up floor a sort of it's a very movie set yeah location like it's just you can very much tell it's you know a couple of painted walls and yeah and he dances and you know right it's it's not it's out of the it's when we go into our thoughts i'll sort of yeah go into more of it which i guess we can go into well just real quick so this makes me feel a lot better about the whole thing so a quote from Michael Jackson from Moonwalk in 1988. There never was a real Billie Jean. The girl in the song is a composite of people my brothers have been plagued with over the years. I could never understand how these girls could say they were carrying someone's child when it wasn't true. So that makes me feel a bit better because when he was a kid they were teens? Like they were closer to being like... Yeah, you look at you look at like when they did... Um, oh, what was the song? Take Me Back or something? I want you back. I want you back. Yeah, and it's like, yeah, he's he's a he's a kid, but the the rest of them do look like they might be like early teens. Mm, still, still, but like by the time that he left, yeah, you know, they might have been like, it's still not good. Mm. It's still not good, but yeah. And then, yeah, again, I'm consulting our dear friend Wikipedia. Uh, so, according to Jackson's photographer, J. Randy Taraborelli, Billie Jean was inspired by letters Jackson received in 1981 from one woman claiming he was the father of one of her twins. One of her twins? One of her twins. Huh. Jackson, who regularly received letters of this kind, had never met the woman and ignored those claims. However, she continued to send letters stating that she loved him and wanted to be with him, asking how he could ignore his own flesh and blood the letters disturbed him to the extent that he suffered nightmares. Eventually, Jackson received a parcel containing a photograph of the fan, a gun, and a letter instructing him to die at a particular time. The fan would do the same once she had killed, quote, their baby so they could be together in the, quote, next life. To his mother's dismay, Jackson had the photograph of the woman framed and hung above the dining room table of their family home. Now that's freaky. The Jacksons later discovered that the fan had been sent to a psychiatric hospital. Christ. <laughs> what a, like... Man, what a wild ride from start to finish. That's awful. Man, I can't wait till we have super fans. No. <laughs> well, there you go, Richard. You need to send us some creepy mail now. <laughs> um, another interesting thing just before we go into everything else was so yeah based on the theory that Billie Jean was about someone who claimed that Michael was the father of her child one of her twins what I can't like oh man that poor woman that she was obviously not having a good time 
Um, so a pop singer, Lydia Murdoch, wrote a song that was a minor hit in 1983 called Superstar, which was almost like the response to it. Oh, okay. So, like, and it's just, yeah, it's interesting. Like, I, yeah, we'll have to chuck in a snippet here, but, like, some of the lyrics, for instance, like... Yeah, we made love in a mad embrace. Now you say you don't know my face. Superstar, you know just who you are. You tell the world you don't even know me. A contradiction to the love you show. Superstar, you know just who you are. I'm Billie Jean and I'm mad as hell. I'm a woman with a story to tell. This is like, you, can, you can't love a woman and push her aside because she's got feelings like you do. A woman's got her pride. I don't want nothing from you. It's not what I'm about. But you've been lying. There's no denying. One of the other covers that we'll discuss later in the episode gives me that impression, like gives me that feeling as well. But we'll we'll wait till we get to that. Mm. But yeah, and then also just real quick, Billie Jean was named one of the greatest dance records of all time by BBC Radio Two listeners at some point. I don't care to learn when. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this isn't so much about the facts. This is about what we think what we think yes because you value our opinion absolutely So what do you think of this song, Samuel? Um, so, yeah, like the thriller was a loved thriller. Um, mm-hmm. And as I've stated, this is one of those, and I'm putting it in quotes, like iconic 80s anthems. Yeah. Um, I'm going to say, though, out of, and I don't know how many other singles there were off of Thriller, but out of the three big singles... Mm-hmm. Being this, Beat It, and Thriller, this is the weakest song out of all three, I okay. think. yeah. Um, in terms of uh, the song and the film clip. I mean, the the Thriller film clip was just... Had, you know, the dance routine and everything. I completely uh, forgot what Thriller was until I remembered it all over again. Anyway. It's got, like, the, you know... It's sort of like it's Zombies. almost like a, it's it, well, it's almost like a it's almost like a short film yeah. as well. It's yeah. and yeah, the beat it film clip has you know that really cool dance routine and like mm, yeah, know, 
dudes maybe fighting each other or stabbing each other, but they don't because Michael Jackson comes in and breaks it up with dancing. As you do. And, you know, the song has that sick Eddie Van Halen guitar solo. And it... Oh, no. I'm not... Oh, sorry, I was back on Thriller. Don't worry. Um, <laughs> but, like, this this still has, like, that that opening bass line and keyboard. It's immediately recognisable. Yeah. I think even... You can even take him out of it and it's still... You know exactly what this is. You yeah. know this song. It's... it's it's ingrained in your brain. I don't didn't mean to rhyme, but um, yeah, I don't know. I just wish that like like the bridge before the chorus, I feel has the most you know stank to it, and I just wish there was a bit more. You mean that people always told me? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Just wish it had something, and I think maybe it's you know it's like his inflection. I also like that the I can't decide if the trumpet the is actually. Like, just a keyboard. It kind of sounds like right. a video game trumpet. Okay. Like what you would hear in, like, a Sega Genesis game. Uh, Sega Mega Drive over here in Australia. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I just... Like, it definitely it definitely has more of that disco pop feel to it than Thriller and Beat It as well. Yeah. Um, like, Beat It is just a straight up and down rock and roll song. Yeah. As I said, it's got it's got Eddie Van Halen doing the guitar solo. It's it's sick. Um all that aside though, like I'm not it sounds like I'm ragging on it. No. I'm not. Like it's it's you know, a fantastic song. Yeah. Yeah. I still, you know, saying all the words and you know, it's been happily in my brain all week. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, what do you think? It's similar to last week with Madonna. It's one of those ones like, it's so good and so quality. I don't really know why, it just is. It's yeah. just, it's, there's a reason why those two are the king and the princess or the queen of pop. Like, Yeah. It's, it's almost like, come up with an argument against this. Yeah. Like, we, don't, we don't need to convince you why it's good. You need to convince us why it's not good. Mm. Essentially, I don't know who this person is that I'm throwing this at. Yeah, it's just... Yeah, I don't like it's... Again, it's just good. Like, it's... Yeah. Good. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. I don't know. I feel like there are parts about it, though. Like... I can't remember which song it was that we were discussing recently where I sort of... I made the the claim that it you know it felt a bit hollow inside, right? And the the chorus and the verse to Billie Jean does feel a little bit hollow. Like it does feel like there's something missing there. I feel and and I'm someone who has no rhythm, so I take this with a <laughs> grain of salt. But I feel like this would be again out of the the three singles, which is what I'm I'm going to refer back to a lot because those were you know it's. It's, you know, Billie Jean beat it and Thriller. Thriller, like, how much bigger can you get? Um, But I feel like this would be the hardest song to sort of dance to as well. Really? Again, as someone who has no rhythm. (laughs) It just... So hang on. What time signature is it? I think it's just 4-4, isn't it? So 117 beats per minute in the key of F minor, in case you were wondering. And Yeah, it's in 4-4. So wait, one... Hang on, someone's saying 
So getsongbpm.com is saying 116 beats per, per minute. So hang on. I'm just going to look up other songs that are in 116 BPM. I think one of those... That's interesting as well because... I'm looking on YouTube on the Michael Jackson Vivo. And Beat It... No, Beat It. Billie Jean has the most views out of those three as well. Okay. Which is kind of interesting. Um, I don't know. Beat It is so iconic for me. It's, It's the scene where... In Back to the Future Two, which I know is the is the inferior to Back to the Future One, mm. but I love Back to the Future Two. Like that was the movie I watched Back to the Future Two as a kid. Yeah, before ever seeing Back to the Future One, mm-hmm. it's the it's the song playing when he walks into the diner in the into the future diner. Right, that's like because he goes back in time to the the fifties, so it's like now he's thirty years ahead. They're doing the thirty years past thing, but it's now an eighties bar. Right. Okay. Because remember, in Back to the Future 2, it was 2015. Yes. Yeah. That they go to. Yes. So I'm looking at popular songs that share the same BPM. So I need you to... So let me see. If I list off a couple of other songs, give me like a yay or nay as to whether you think you could dance to those. Okay. All right. Sexy Back, Justin Timberlake. Yeah, but that's got that... <laughs> yeah. Uh, Stacy's Mum by Fountains. Oh Wine. yeah. Uh, but that's got like a kicking guitar to it. Uptown Funk. Yeah. Bye bye bye. In sync. Oh, absolutely. Uh, I think like the sort of dancing for Billie Jean is not my lover. She's just a girl who claims that I'm the one. It's just sort of like shoulder stuff for me. Mm-mm-mm. That's all it has to be, though. Mm-mm-mm. I mean, that's like, all. I, that's all I can do. Well, like the classic white girl shuffle is just ste- like stepping to the left and to the right, like yeah, and just yeah, a little bit of shoulder movement, and that's it. You're good. Yeah. Mm. So I mean, that's that is my dancing is the white girl shuffle. So, Works for me. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you you can dance, so you know you can dance, and I yeah. I can dance if I want to. I I flail. Well, you now... can leave. You can leave your friends behind as well. Mm. That's yeah. I've never considered it a non-danceable song. That's interesting. And I look, as I said, it's probably such a silly thing for me to say. But... Well, I guess like maybe it is because like you've sort of got you've got that backbeat like the dun like whatever mm. but then you do have the bass line boop 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 like the two of them together like I could see how you have to either pick one or the other mm. and stick to it maybe and that drum beat there's not like a sh- there's no time changes or anything throughout the song it's just it's just stays it's... Mm. like it just it doesn't change look just hang on to that drum beat and you're good yeah I guess anyway I mean you can dance to a, just a drum beat so anyway Anyway, um, do you have anything else to say about the song? I really don't. I think, like, actually, no, I do. So, it drags on a bit at the end. Yeah. The, with the dun 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 Oh! Or just, yeah. And then, like, you get to a point where he's just like, Billy Jean is not my lover. Billy Jean is just like, yeah, I know. Like, stop. Yeah. There's definitely, like, with a lot of songs oh, 
I'm making a huge claim just to fill up air, but like, I feel like this kind of era of songs, there's definitely scope for them to have been pared down a bit. Sort of like a less is more kind of thing. It was the same thing with Like a Prayer. Yeah. As well. Like a Prayer uh, dragged at the end of it. Yeah. Did it Did it sort of lessen how good the rest of the song was? No. No. And especially in, you know, the modern age where we can just stop a song at a certain point. Yes. Yeah. Even though that's not how it's intended. No, I know. But yes. we can. Yes. Yeah. Anyway, do you have anything else to say about it? Um, look, it, as I said, it's one of those iconic songs. It was, you know, it was probably, well, no, I feel like Thriller was the song that made people go, oh, Michael Jackson. Mm, um, yeah. Yeah. And just everything about it was, you know, successful. Um, yeah, I don't really have much else to say. I think it's just... As I said, like, the the bridge has the stank to it, whereas, like, the verse and the chorus, he also is kind of singing really soft as well, like... Yeah, but then he's got, like... Actually, no, why? I'm not... I shouldn't say it to disagree with you, because that's your opinion, but, like... I mean, you can. No. But, like, to me, it's soft, but he's got, like, the multi-track vocals and stuff, like, the harmonies and stuff, which is yeah. really cool. Yeah, oh, definitely. Like, it's just, it's funky. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like, and I don't mean to, like, I'm not taking, trying to take anything away from it. It's, everything works. Like, it's catchy mm. and everything. It's just, when, in my personal opinion, when I pair it up with, <laughs> with Thriller and Beat It, it's the, the weaker of the three. But it's still, you know, it's still Billy Jean. Like, it's, mm. it's, it's a very close third. Yeah. I don't know. I think... Maybe if he'd put a Vincent Price interlude like in Thriller, maybe I would have uh, would have been a bit strange. You but... can't put Vincent Price into everything. Yeah, probably not. He was great in Sesame Street, though. Was he in Sesame Street? There was a, yeah, he was in a Sesame Street episode. Was he with Count Blanc Count? No, he was with Kermit. No, maybe it wasn't Sesame Street. Maybe it was Muppets then. Okay. But yeah, he's uh, he's got vampire teeth <laughs> in it. Who, Kermit or Vincent? Or both? Vincent Price. Okay. So, let's move on to Breathe Carolina. Carolina, who aren't from Carolina, they're from Colorado. I'm a giraffe. Um, so we actually did, if you remember, we did an episode on Breathe Carolina. It was the Down by Jay Sean oh. with uh, Little Wayne. Yes, that's so good. Cover, which was yes, as uh, as my partner here has stated, was so good. Um, <laughs> Thanks. But we we went into there their details so i guess if you want to keep listening to us but you don't want to look at their wikipedia page to get details about breathe carolina 
Mm. Go listen to the down episode. Yeah. Yeah. That's one step that's more conven- more convenient for us, not so convenient for you, but we're not about to like cut and paste our other shit over here. No, and I and I didn't um I didn't write it up again. Oh no, so it is so both of them have vampire teeth. <laughs> that's really cute. I kind of want a tattoo of Vampire Kermit. Oh, if you get a tattoo of Vampire Kermit, I'll get a tattoo of Vampire Vincent Price because I already want to get a tattoo of Vincent Price. Doesn't so. that classify as a matching tattoo, though? Yeah, it's definitely a couple's tattoo. Yeah. So that's and not... that's cursed. You just get Kermit then without the teeth. But I want him with teeth. It's pretty cute with the teeth. Yeah. Look at this one. He's biting his neck. He looks like Boss. <laughs> when Boss bites our feet. This is a audio podcast, not a visual one, so... <laughs> so, yes, uh, listen to Down if you want facts about Breathe Carolina. But let's yes. uh, let's get straight into our thoughts. I really like this cover. This is a great cover. Like, the... Not logical, just like the mature side of me knows I shouldn't like it because it's just so obnoxious it's really obnoxious but it's great yeah and hang on what year did um this come out pop five do we know oh fuck i opened up my phone and it was kermit biting vincent price (laughs) it was uh i don't regret seeing that punko's pop vive vive are you looking it up now yes okay (laughs) i opened up chrome and it was that picture again (laughs) Oh my god. Okay, so it came out in 2012. 2012. That would have been around the time of, like, Skrillex and all that kind of shit, yeah? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it shows so much on this cover. Like, it's just... It's very much one of those time capsule kind of moments in the scene, in air quotes. Like, when they were bringing in all the sort of, like, electro shit and, like... It's real dubstepy. It's just yeah, like it's a mess, but I yeah. love it. I I have it written down that this is what I needed in the chorus in the original. That would not sound great in the Michael one, but I know what you mean. Like you need it to be beefed up. Yeah, yeah, and that's what this is. Is it's really beefed up, and it's yeah, it's got that over the top electronic, you know, dubstepy sound to it. Um. I didn't listen to what they what they're doing now. I'd be really interested to see like what sort of trend they've followed. They did the remix of All Star, didn't they? By Smash. Well, they did do the remix of All Star as well. Uh, that song is cancelled though. Um, it belongs to Rebecca Black now. So uh, yeah, I don't know what they're really doing now. Yeah. Um, he's also just got a really good like his voice suits it really well. Like he's got a really good pop voice. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I really like it. It's it's one of those things, like, if you had told me that an electronic, like, pop-punk-inspired... Mm. Like, I think maybe they got their start as a pop-punk band early, mm. but then changed to electronic stuff pretty quickly. If you had told me the, when we first started doing this that, you know, I would think those two songs, this and Billie Jean and Down, were going to be sick, I wouldn't have believed you. Yeah. But... Both of them, like, they, they nail it. They know what they're doing. Yeah, they, they probably know it's a bit cheesy, but they just go with it. Yeah. Yeah. What? I th- Sorry. I think, like, that's a really interesting point. Like, I was thinking about it the other day for no particular reason, but, like, 
that's what I appreciate about like straight like pop punk straight sort of this kind of scenesy stuff is like it is earnest yeah as soon as you do it with any sense of irony it's just like fuck off like yeah. it's a very honest and earnest genre slash movement because like you can't do that stuff tongue in cheek or else it shows it's like a movie like The Room how it is you know earnest and you know it's obviously someone's dream. I don't. I don't care what Tommy Wiseau says. It's not a black comedy. No, he never intended it to be a black comedy. He intended it to be Citizen Kane, and it wasn't. Yeah, but he put his entire soul into this thing, and it shows. Whereas it's it's next to impossible to do that on purpose to do like a, yeah. a, a, a purposefully bad production of something. Yeah, like it, yeah, it's. Very few things have succeeded in pulling it off. Yeah. If, yeah. if I could think of a couple, it would be Garth Marenghi's Dark Place mm-hmm. and uh, Danger 5. Mm. Yeah. But yeah, like, I think, and that's why this is so good, is like, yes, it's like corny and it's cheesy as fuck and it's obnoxious and annoying and I shouldn't enjoy it, but they're doing it. They're giving it all. They're all. It is annoying, but I couldn't... Like, I listened to it on repeat, like, four times. It's so good. What's your opinion of the the growls? I like it. I like it because it's also, like, harmonised with the... She thinks I am the one. And again, because, like, it's not done with, like, that same macho, like... Yeah. They're just... They're doing it because they're dudes having fun with a pop song. And it's and I'm pretty sure in, in Breathe Carolina, the dude who growls, that's his function. It's the growling dude. So you needed to get somewhere in there. <laughs> but I just... Yeah, it's just so good. And I like that they sort of... Yeah, like how I was saying, even just between like the sort of backbeat versus like the walking bass line of the original, I like that they sort of amp that up in sort of like just the... I guess an air quotes backbeat of just the standard pop punk element of it versus all the sort of crunchy like synthy shit that like that's the sort of almost double time bit overlaid over the top like it's yeah. just there's yeah there's enough going on for it to be interesting without it being like a mishmash that it's just it's just it's good like it's just so good and during the breakdown how they do have like the heavy like electronic I think they've got to get like a you know guitar in there like like a heavy guitar but they've also got the and that doesn't change like it's still just a twangy guitar so it's like mixing the funk with the heavy yeah it's um, just so good yeah no I I 100% agree I really enjoy this yeah this cover like as I said I wouldn't have expected to and two for two They've yeah. done and they've done a good job. I can't remember. Do we see them again? I feel like we would. Possibly. But yeah, I really hope so because they're just they're a good time. Um Yeah, so we do have a couple of extra covers we do. to talk about. One of them is a favourite of yours. Yes. In the form of Weezer. Yes. Very excited.
Did they do this for, was it the Tangerine album or? Teal album. Teal album, Tangerine album. <laughs> they don't have a Tangerine album yet, but give them time. They've already got red and yellow, so. And teal. Yeah, but red and yellow would make a tangerine colour. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, I'm thinking of Tangerine Dream. What's Tangerine Dream? Uh, they're, they were a band, or they are a band. Ah, okay. So, I think this is great, but not like... It's good because it's Weezer, and it's mm. a very true cover. It doesn't need to exist. No. I mean, but I, I like that it does. Could you could you argue that any Weezer cover needs to exist? Like this this kicks the this kicks the dick off of their cover of Africa. Oh, see, I was going to say I really like their cover of Africa, and yeah. I just and also just the slightly like trolly nature of like someone was like you have to cover Africa, and then they released Rosanna instead. <laughs> um, it's. I have a love-hate relationship with Weezer. Like, I love them in principle, but basically anything after... Well, I guess, like, Red at a stretch, if not Ratitude. Um, they've definitely jumped the shark for me. Like, I just mm. want them to slow down and just edit down what they put out, because they just... And again, like, that's just the sign of them having a great time and, like, collecting a paycheck. But Yeah, like... they don't give a shit at this stage, I don't think. But, and... <sighs> Whoops. Um, and yeah, it just... I want them to just cool it a bit. Because it's sort of sort of like, unlike Green Day, where like they sort of, they had... Oh, actually, I guess they're sort of on par with Green Day. But like, Green Day, solid bangers, one by one, all the way up until Uno, Uno Dos, and Trey. And they were shit. And then like, Rev Radio Billy was okay. Meltdown. Mm. But like... Even what's it called? Radio. No, something. no, no, no. Um, their latest one. It's some. It's got a unicorn spewing a rainbow on the front cover, and like it's very forgettable. But also, it's just like, but it's Green Day. When they come back over here at some point, when they and Weezer. You were literally. You had literally bought a ticket to see them two together. Plus Fallout. Plus Boy. Fallout Boy. But yeah, when Hella Mega comes back, I'm going to say when because I want to manifest it into the universe, but like, I'll have a fucking good time. But also like, yeah, it's, I don't know where I was going with that, but basically to me, Weezer are on par with Green Day, but not, like, I'm not as forgiving of them, if that makes yeah. sense. Yeah, they're definitely not one of your bands that is like, yeah, you love them and yeah, you've seen them. How many times do you have seen Weezer by now? Whew. I think I've only seen them twice. No. Yeah. It still feels like Weezer's not as special to you as Green Day. Well, they don't have that sort of longevity element. Because, like, mm. their earlier stuff... And by early, I mean into, like, the early 2010s kind of thing. I love. But it's just... Yeah. Then you've got Death to False Metal. Never heard it. Hurley. Never listened to it. Everything will be alright in the end. Never listened to it. White Album. Never listened to it. Pacific Daydream. Never listened to it. Teal album I did listen to because it's all covers and I find that funny. And then Black album have never listened to it. Like they've just lost me at this point. That should be them covering Metallica's Black album. Oh, that would be so good. <laughs> um, but yeah, where I, like 
I guess they're sort of just they're that good time band. But like, again, like the Teal album didn't need to exist. I'm I enjoy that it does. I don't know if I'm glad that it does, but it's there. What do they cover in the Teal album? So Africa, everybody wants to rule the world. Sweet dreams are made of this. Take on me. Happy together. Paranoid. Mr. Blue Sky, No Scrubs, Billie Jean, and Stand By Me. There you go. And so, like, it's a good, like, it's a tight ten songs, like, under 40 minutes. If they just sort of curate themselves down, I can handle them, but it's just like, guys, just slow down. Mm. But then in saying that, they have done a song for Bill and Ted Face the Music, and apparently it's quite good. I haven't listened to it yet. Apparently Bill and Ted Face the Music is quite good as well. Yeah. I want to see it really I'm badly. looking forward it's to out seeing in it. Every, it's out in cinemas in every state of Australia, except for Victoria, of course. That's fine. We'll get there. And it was like, I, I saw like Madman Entertainment, who I think were releasing it over here. Mm. Like, it's it's out everywhere except Victoria. Sorry, dudes. <laughs> we'll get there. Yeah. We'll probably, we'll probably just have to watch it at home. It's like on The Simpsons with the itchy and scratchy movie. We'll be like 60 when we get to see it. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. And I'll be Supreme Court Justice. <laughs> um, yeah, what do you think of Weezer's cover? I think you would be the Supreme Court Justice and I would be Bang Bang Bart. <laughs> <laughs> Look, it's... I mean, I'm, I've only probably listened to a handful of uh, Weezer songs. It's... I enjoy it though. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's it's one of those ones like unless you're really trying you probably can't fuck it up. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's a good way of putting it. Like if you just sort of if you're trying to do like anti music or something. Yeah. And call it a Billy Jean, then sure. But mm. yeah, I feel like it's really hard to, you know, not at least do a serviceable job of this song. Yeah. 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 But speaking of a different take on it, mm. um, our last cover of the episode is done by Chris Cornell. That's Chris Cornell from, you know, Soundgarden fame. Audio Slave. Audio Slave and his own just solo stuff. Mm, yep. Um, yeah, so he does a very... He does a sad version of this. Yeah. I love it, though. Interesting, because I don't no? love it. That, like, I love it because it's him. And, yep. like, listening to him, even though, like, I wasn't a huge Chris Cornell fan when he was alive. Yep. I appreciated him for what he was, and... Yeah, it was pretty gutted when I heard the news. Yeah, it was sad. Because he just... he Yeah, his voice is incredible. So, mm. like, in that sense, I enjoyed it. But I feel like he took it down a path that it doesn't belong. See, I almost get it as... I read it almost like he's singing from the perspective of Billie Jean. Right. Which would make it... and Which would make this a very sad song. Yeah. 
you know, particularly if it's a case of if Billie Jean is right. Like, if Billie Jean has had a relationship with this musician, mm. he's gotten her pregnant. Yeah. He's moved on to another city and now he won't admit to being the, the kid's father. Yeah. Even though, like, they, they have the same eyes, mm. you know. Admitting, like, just saying, like, yeah, I don't know who you are and I don't know who this kid is. I'm not the father. Mm-hmm. Um, like, it would be a, that would be a devastating thing. Yeah. Especially, like, when the kid grows up and it's like, who's my dad? Well, do I tell them the truth? What do I tell this person? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that was the sort of, that was what, that was how I looked at it. I know it's, I know he probably wasn't going for that, but I just want to say for every, we've had some good acoustic songs. We've had some really interesting acoustic covers. Mm. But for every band that does... Like, if they do an acoustic four, for every band that does an acoustic cover, like, listen to this and take note. Because this is... Yeah, I think it's a dope cover. And a dope... Well, it's not just acoustic. Like, it does... Like, the chorus comes in with... With more... You know, musical elements to it. Mm. But I... Yeah, I just... I, I do like that this is... A sad version of it. Yeah. And I feel like his his voice, it could only be a sad version of it. Yeah. I... Yeah. That's funny. Like, I just hadn't considered it being from the other point of view. So I'll need to go back and re-listen to it with that point of view. Because I think I will appreciate it more. Mm. I think, for me, when I was still viewing it through, like, that Michael Jackson lens, I was like, this doesn't fit. Yeah. Um... There's something about his one where it's serious, like it's got that sort of minor key to it, I think, but like it's also disco and like boppy enough that it's sort of a... Most other people can dance to it except for me. Yes. Yes. But also like it's not in the sense of like this has ruined my life, it's like, oh, can you like... God, can you imagine like this weird thing that's happening to me at the moment? Good thing I'm on tour because I'm going to be in... Iowa tomorrow night and I won't see her again. Yeah, like, it's just sort of, like... It definitely comes across as, like, a story you pick up on the road. And how crazy of her. And I don't believe her. And I'm yeah. going to dismiss it entirely. And ultimately laugh it off with my friends. Like, in a few years' yeah. time kind of thing. Yeah. Whereas Chris Cornell's version does make it, like, the heart-wrenching thing that it is. Like... A kid is not a minor thing to pun not intended, like to talk about. Yeah. That's a person. Like that's pretty fucked. Yeah. Um Yeah. I don't know. That's my book report. I'm glad I could have shifted a perspective on it. Yeah, potentially. No. no, very valuable, thank you. Well, that's probably coming to the end of it. Yeah, I'd say so. If we continue on, I'm just going to ramble. So Me too. And we don't need that. So, hell yeah or yeah nah? Oh, hell yeah. Yeah, for both. Mm, yep. Yeah, absolutely. Um, as I said, Breathe Carolina, two for two. Yep. Good. I'm super impressed. Keep up the good work, fellas. Good job, boys. Mm-hmm. Next week, we are... Going back to the 90s. We are. When punk goes 90s. For the song Stars by Hum as covered by Bleeding Through. Mm Mm-hmm.
Until then, look after yourself. Be good to one another. Mm-hmm. Wash your hands. Yep. Wear, Wear a mask. mask. Oh, that's something I forgot to say as mm-hmm. well. Um, the Tony Hawk remake is pro mask. Hell yeah. You know, you you were creating a character, and you, one of the things that you can do is put a mask on your character. And in the New York stage, there's a billboard, not a billboard, a big sort of screen playing a video, and it was saying, you know, telling you to social distance and wear a mask. Bless Tony, honestly. How good is that? Tony Hawk is just a beacon of light in an otherwise dark time. I mean, it could have been him or it could have been Vicarious Visions that put that in. No, or both. It's Tony. Okay. Always Tony. I'm happy to, I'm happy to probably believe that, so... Mm. cool I just wanted to I, yeah I wanted to put that in I didn't want it to be you know three weeks after the game came out that I'm like oh there's actually a factor for it because next week I'll I'll not talk about the game anymore oh I don't know I'm sure you will I'll try not to okay alright we'll talk to you all next week and by talk to we mean talk at you talk at you bye bye